Hello, everybody. Welcome to Unrefined Women, a podcast between two sisters on the topics of spirituality, religious trauma, mental health, family dynamics, and feminism. I'm very grateful you could join me today. And if you haven't noticed already, I am using singular words here. It's just me, Margaret. If you haven't already checked out last week's episode, tune in to my sister Agnes, who did a solo episode of her own. This week, it's going to be just me. Um, Agnes and I were going to be doing a podcast together, but she ended up having some finals due a week earlier than she anticipated. So she is currently uh, studying and cramming for that. So I figured I'd hop on and just talk about something that has been on my mind lately. And that is the topic of manifestation. And I want to talk a little bit more about the ethics around manifestation because I personally have not heard too much about this. In fact, I'm kind of like making up the term ethical manifestation right now. And maybe someone else has already coined that term and is talking about this. But I personally have not been hearing this conversation going on within spiritual communities and social media and online platforms where the topics are centered around spirituality and manifestation and spells and all that witchy stuff. I think this is a really, really important conversation to have because I've been seeing some situations where people are being harmed and taken advantage of within these areas of manifestation. So I want to give a little example and I'm going to be taking out names and I'm not going to be giving the backstory just to kind of protect some of the people that were involved in this situation. But I had a conversation recently with a person and this person is someone that, you know, claims themselves to be an ascended master. Um, They have very spiritual gifts, which I do not doubt. Um, And, you know, this is someone that has a really big following on social media. They do work as uh, as a psychic, as a tarot card reader. And I was having a conversation with this person recently, and we were talking about manifestation. And I was sharing with this person um, that I have some issues around manifestation. And some of that is rooted in my background. And just to be very transparent here, I do struggle with feelings of, uh, of just like lack when it comes to abundance, when it comes to finances, when it comes to money. And part of that is because I was raised basically in poverty and I watched my parents really, really struggle and balance the checks, the checkbooks every month and be really stressed out. And I even have this very strong, I guess you would say kind of core memory around money. And this was when I was probably about eight or nine years old. I was sitting in my dining room on the floor, one of my favorite things to do in the winter time in Chicago area where I was born and raised was to go in the dining room. And we had this old house from like the early 1900s. And we had these really like kind of beautifully Um, designed vents on the floor that were like made out of like iron and they had like really cool like details and just like the design of the of the grate which was where the heat would come up from the furnace in the basement so I would go in the dining room and I would sit on the floor um, on this grate and put like a blanket over me which was kind of selfish because it would like trap all of the heat in the blanket and I would be toasty warm but then the dining room wouldn't get the heat 
So one particular evening, I was sitting on the grate with my blanket, you know, enjoying the heat all to myself. And my siblings, my younger siblings were in bed because I remember it was just me and my mom. And mom was sitting at the dining room table as she would do a couple times a month balancing the checkbook. And I just like, I think that this sort of posture is very triggering for me because when I see people doing this, it really stresses me out. But my mom was sitting at the dining room table, hunched over the table with her head kind of sitting in her left hand and her right hand was, you know, you know, using the calculator and and writing things out and doing math. And she would periodically do these deep sighs, which everyone in my family, we all do it. And we call it the Chioni sigh. It's when you do that deep existential sigh, just for no reason, just, you know, (laughs) because so she would do these deep existential sighs. And this particular evening, she finishes balancing the checkbook and she sat back in her chair and let out this sigh of relief. And I'm like sitting there watching her kind of on the edge of the heater grate, like what's happening? And she lets out this sigh and I was like, mom, what is it? You know, kind of freaked out. Like I wasn't sure if this was a good thing or a bad thing. And she goes, oh, we made it this month. And I was like, well, what do you mean? She goes, we have 35 cents in the checking account right now. We didn't overdraft. We made it. And I just sat there like, holy fucking shit. (laughs) I mean, those weren't my words because I was like eight or nine, but I was just flabbergasted because 35 cents, we're having a celebration right now because we have 35 cents. We have, I think at this point, six or seven children in the family only dad works. We have a mortgage. We have car payments. We have all the food we have to buy for everybody. All the other bills, all of the heating and the, and the electricity, the gas, everything. And she's happy that we have 35 cents. And I just remember in that moment sitting there and saying to myself, when I grow up, I'm going to make damn sure that that is not the situation that I'm in. Well, as unfortunately happens in life, we grow up and end up just kind of unconsciously repeating patterns. And it's really, really hard to get out of the programming and and the mindsets that we were indoctrinated into as a child. And as such, I have struggled with money pretty much my entire life. Even times where I've had money and I haven't had to think about it very often, um, which is very rare because I'm a millennial and we live in capitalism where there is massive inequality and it's just getting worse and worse by the day. But if you're listening to this, I'm sure I am not. I'm sure I'm just preaching to the choir. And as we watch the rising costs of inflation and food and gas and rent and everything, it's just becoming more and more impossible to even think of being in a comfortable place financially. But besides that, I've just struggled with that like tightness in the chest when it comes to money, that fear, that constant fear and that constant like state of feeling like I never have enough and I'm never going to have enough. So jumping forward again, here I was recently having this conversation with this person about manifestation and I disclosed all of this to her and told her that, you know, I struggle with manifestation, you know, some of it I think comes from feelings of unworthiness that I'm not worthy of, of enjoying financial abundance. But more particularly, and this is also just me being an anti-capitalist, I have a really hard time with cons- like, 
with like manifesting abundance, but that abundance coming from a source that really is not in a position to give. Here's another example. Um, I have an online jewelry business and really I have not been promoting or working too much with my jewelry business. My my online presence is very, very small right now just because I haven't been investing a lot of time and energy in that little business venture. But something that I've really struggled with when it comes to making jewelry is there's a lot of materials that I have to purchase, um, particularly crystals and crystal beads. And if you're, you know, into witch stuff and spirituality and all that, there's a huge thing around crystals. And, you know, spiritual people love like surrounding themselves with crystals and you have different crystals for different things. But there's also like an ethical dilemma going on with the manufacturing of crystals. And I've kind of dabbled a little bit in the research, but we're basically extracting these minerals out of the earth, which is already problematic when we look at all of the issues with extracting fossil fuel and climate change. So it takes a lot of labor um, and it takes a lot of tools to extract these crystals out of the earth, which could be potentially causing issues with climate change. And then there's the cost of the labor. A lot of these crystals are being extracted from developing nations and countries where there's large qualities of people who are living well below the poverty line. And also in these countries, there's not a lot of worker protection laws that are protecting the workers that are extracting these crystals. So there's situations of families in Central America, South America, Like families, I'm using the word families because this includes the children who are going into these mines and taking crystals out of the earth. They're getting paid pennies a day to extract these. They're being exposed to fumes. Um, They are in unsafe conditions where the mines they're in could collapse at any moment. They're making pennies a day for these crystals to be be shipped into the United States. And, you know, it's passed through several hands of wholesale dealers. And then to the retailers, the price is raised about 500%. And then where the families that took the crystals out of the earth only got pennies, we are then buying these crystals for obscene amounts of money. So... I do have some ethical dilemmas around crystals as an example. And as such, I do struggle a little bit whenever I sell a crystal bracelet, you know, and I'm making 20 bucks or so on this crystal bracelets minus a few dollars for the costs and the time. But I really think about where did this crystal come from? Who took this crystal out of the earth? And like, what did they risk to do that? And how much were they paid for it? And it makes my stomach a little bit sick. And really, this can go for almost anything. I think that this is sort of a uh, kind of a topic where you can be knowledgeable on it. But then there's a point where you're so knowledgeable that it just kind of paralyzes you. And actually, if you go back several episodes and listen to the episode that we did with our sister-in-law, Nissa, who's a female scientist, she talked a lot about climate change as well and how so many species are going extinct because of how we treat our environment, how we abuse our environment, how we abuse the earth. And something that was really powerful that she said was, it's really important to find that fine line of being knowledgeable but not too knowledgeable because we get too knowledgeable on these topics and then we just become paralyzed. We just shut down. We don't even know what to do because it just feels like no matter what we do, we're harming the environment. We're harming other people. We're exploiting others. And this is like a really tough, tough arena that I'm in right now with so many elements of my life. 
I feel like I want to attract abundance. I want to manifest, but I feel like with the system we have set up with capitalism, with the way that people are exploited, I feel like it's almost impossible to manifest abundance without taking from somebody else, without exploiting another person. So that's another area, you know, you combine that with my upbringing and living in poverty, and I'm just constantly trapped in this cycle. Back again to the conversation with this person recently, and I'm telling her all of this. And her response was, well, when I manifest abundance, I let go of any judgments about where that money is coming from. If I am manifesting abundance and I'm receiving it, it's not up to me to look at the source of where that abundance is coming from. It's not up to me to judge or discern whether that source is able to give freely to me. If I'm receiving it and I manifested it, I just take it and it is, you know, and it is what it is. And that was just like a red flag to me. Um, And I just it was a red flag and just something about the conversation was really bothering me. And of course, my first instinct when something like this happens is I, of course, turn back in on myself and start kind of like running through the checklist of, well, where do I have biases? Where do I have blocks? Um, Where could I have been off in this conversation? Where could I have been misunderstanding what this person was saying? Or, you know, was I having a trauma response when I was being resistant to what this person was saying? You know, I kind of go in on myself and sort of like kind of point the finger at myself first before looking at the other person. So I did that in this conversation and kind of walked away thinking, well, I clearly have some very real issues around manifestation and I should work on this. Well, about a week after this conversation with this person, you know, what's as my son likes to say, he goes, mommy, whatever's in the dark always comes to light. And that's exactly what happened. I found out about a week later, that this person who was talking to me about manifestation was actually taking advantage of a person that was not in a situation to give that absolutely um, was not, it was, it was not a healthy situation. Basically, this uh, so-called ascended master was manifesting abundance and receiving abundance from sources and people that were really in no position to give. And in fact, the reason I found out about the situation was um, a friend of mine was being taken advantage of by this person. And when my friend basically voiced to this person um, that I'm not in a position to give to you anymore, it's I just can't do it. I don't have the financial means. This person turned around and was extremely nasty um, and disrespectful of my friend's boundaries and things at, at any in a very catastrophic way. So it kind of just like re-solidified for me the importance around when we're manifesting, we have to have some ethics here. I just I just think that when we're manifesting, we really do have to be very conscious of where that manifestation is coming from. And, you know, if you're into spell casting, if you're into um, certain affirmations, I think it is very, very important, the words that we used and the intentions that we have behind those affirmations. 
there is actually a really beautiful quote that my partner Casey uses whenever he's working on abundance. And I believe that he actually got this from Mark Allen, who is an author of a book called The Millionaire Mindset. I've never read this book. Um, I don't know whether it's good or not, but I do think that this little, I guess you'd say manifestation prayer um, came from, I think it's really beautiful. But basically you state what you're trying to attract in your life. And then after you state it, so it would be like, you know, I'm attracting financial abundance or financial freedom, or I need more money or whatever it is. And after you state what it is you're trying to attract, you end it with in an easy and relaxed manner, in a healthy and positive way, in its own perfect time for the highest good of all. I think that's really important to stress that for the highest good of all. Or, you know, anything kind of related to that in your wording when you're manifesting that because you want to make sure that you're not taking something from somebody where you attracting abundance is then going to put someone else in a bad situation or you attracting abundance is exploiting other people. So that's just kind of my little two cents for today. Um, wherever you're at with manifestation, maybe just kind of sit with that a little bit and ask yourself in my manifestation spells and my prayers, um, with my, in my affirmations that I say, like, what's the intention behind that? And am I making sure that I'm being very ethical in the way that I attract abundance in my life? I just, I think it's really, really, really important. And I would also just be curious to hear from any friends of hours or any listeners on the podcast, what do you do with attracting abundance? How are you going about it and trying to be very ethical and make sure that you're not harming anybody in um, how you're attracting that abundance? Anyway, to get wrapped up for today, of course, we'll do the gratitude prompt. And if you are into attracting abundance, I'm sure you're aware that the first step to attracting abundance is gratitude and gratitude in the things that you already have. So today, as I'm sitting with all of this, I am very, very grateful that I have a roof over my head. It's certainly an unconventional roof. It's a fifth wheel roof, but hey, we have shelter. Uh, we get to be nomads and travels, which is really fun. And we're very fortunate for that. So I'm very grateful to have a roof over my head to be safe. I am very grateful that we have food in our fridge and the means to replenish that. And we have cars and gas and all the basic things that we need to survive right now. And as I said earlier, in this day and age, hey, if we've got those things, we are very, very fortunate. Thanks, everyone. And I hope you have a beautiful week. We believe in the power of taking even one minute a day to breathe and find gratitude in the little things. Wherever you are, if you are able, close your eyes, take a deep breath in and out and reflect on something that you are grateful for today. We are so honored that you could join us in this discussion today, and we hope you have a beautiful week.
If you enjoyed today's Unrefined Woman podcast episode, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. To check out other episodes, please visit our website at unrefinedwoman.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. To stay in the loop and receive access to additional content, please follow us on TikTok, username unrefinedwoman, and on Instagram at unrefinedwomanpodcasts. Special thanks to Walter Birdsong for the album cover, Margaret Rainey for our podcast music, Andrew Cioni for our gratitude prompt music, and Sean Butcher for editing and production. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye.